We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part two of today's show, we're going to continue the offseason overview of the Notre Dame football team. We talked about the quarterback position already. Then last week, we talked about the linebackers. And today, I want to talk about the Notre Dame wide receivers because this is, I, I said at the very beginning when I was talking to Ryan, I don't think there's a position on the team this offseason that has gone through the makeover that the wide receiver room has gone through. You could argue that the offensive line went through a big makeover, but that started last season. And and so, like, you saw Charles Jagasaw taking over for Joe Wall. You saw Tosh Baker taking over for Blake Fisher. You saw Billy Strout and Ashton Craig get inserted into the lineup. So, obviously, the offensive line, which I'll talk about next week, looks a lot different, but that started already. I'm more referring to the offseason, and this is sort of an offseason overview of where the Notre Dame receiving core is and – You've had a you know an offensive line. You still have the same position coach. You know linebacker. There's been a lot of changes. Same position coach. You've got some guys coming back that have played a bunch of football. When you look at the wide receiver position, you've got a new coach. You've got a completely different look and roster, in so many different ways. And and that's where it, it can create some excitement, which you'll see in the chat with some. It also creates some uncertainty which you can rightfully see in the chat as well, because there's a lot of potential with this group, but it's still very much a, I don't know what they're going to be type of group. I don't know what this receiving core is going to be, but I like the potential. And that's the biggest thing. The, the, the biggest aspect of this is, is there potential in the room for the Notre Dame wide receivers to take the step they need to take to be part of a big time offense. That's going to be the big thing. And and so 
that's kind of the, the question that we have to answer is, is the talent there? Is the potential there? Is the, is it the right fits? One of the issues that we looked at last year with the receiving core was it, they didn't fit really great together. And, and you, you had a bunch what I mean by that is once Deion Colsey went down and they didn't play him a ton early, which, you know, it is what it is. There's no need to rehash that. Different offensive coordinator, different receivers coach. There's no point in wasting time on that again. But they didn't play him a ton early. He did very well when he did play. But Dion was the only true boundary receiver they had. I know Jaden Thomas was starting there, but Jaden is not a, a pure boundary player. Jaden is a guy that has the potential to be a boundary guy. But Jaden Thomas, and I've said this for two years, and I still believe this to be true, Jaden Thomas is at his best when he can be utilized kind of all over. Let him play multiple spots. Let him be boundary one series or one game, slot, field. Let him move around and and be that kind of player. That That's really where you need to be with Jaden Thomas, in my opinion. But you couldn't really do that last year because he was the only big-bodied player you had. You had a bunch of younger players. And honestly, most of your roster projected better as slots. Chris Tyree projected as a slot. Rico Flores felt his best position was slot, and there was some truth to that. Jaden Greathouse did his best work as a slot. Uh, Matt Salerno was probably better suited as a slot. And Jaden Thomas, until this year's bowl game, I would argue the best games that we'd ever seen Jaden Thomas play were primarily from the slot. This receiving core is going to fit a little bit better, we think. But there's so many questions that have to be answered about this group. And that's kind of, you know, that that's, you know, that's where we're going to be, honestly, with this group is, is there's a lot of potential, but there are also a lot of question marks. So what I'm going to do in today's show is I'm going to follow the normal format. What was lost? What returns? What's new? We'll talk about whether or not this position group is a strength or a concern heading into the, into the spring. And then we'll ask some very important questions about this about this Notre Dame receiving core and what kind of potential it has and what are some of the concerns that we have heading into spring ball, which is a little over a month away from starting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. Let's talk about what was lost. 
And first of first of all, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We're just going to kind of briefly look at what was lost. But what was lost is important because we can talk about the receiving core last year not being overly talented or not being overly productive. But I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. I do think the receiving core lost good talent and they lost production. When you talk about what was lost, Notre Dame lost Chris Tyree, who was a starter. They lost Rico Flores and uh, Tobias Merriweather, who combined to be the starting X last season, which is the field outside guy. Tobias started six games. Rico started six games. They lost Matt Salerno, who missed most of the year with an injury. And then they lost Braylon James, who was primarily a backup. But that Tyree Merriweather Flores group combined for a lot of production last year and all five of them together and only three of these catches. And I think it was about 41 of the yards came from Salerno and James. The rest of it came from the three that was lost. But Notre Dame is from a group that wasn't super, super productive last year. Notre Dame is losing 70 catches, 1,201 receiving yards and seven touchdowns from the 2023 roster. Now I'm not talking career numbers. I'm talking because Chris Tyree's close. To, actually went, oh, I think Chris Tyree went over a thousand yards. Let me just check that real quick. Uh, and, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm accurate on this. He He's close to a thousand yards receiving uh, in his career because he had, uh, he had pretty good. Yes. Chris Tyree went over a thousand yards this season in receiving or no, uh, excuse me, in rushing. And he's over a thousand in rushing. He was just under in receiving. So he had 940. He has 945 career receiving yards, 82 career catches. So Chris Tyree had a lot of production in the past game, even before this season, as primarily a running back. This year he caught 26 passes for 484 yards. That's gone from the roster. Rico Flores came in this past year as a true freshman, played a bunch as a true freshman, ended the season as a starter. He he's leaving and he caught 27 passes for 392 yards in, in the touchdown as a freshman. And then Tobias Merriweather, who began the season as the X and was really one of their best big play weapons. He was their only regular to average over 20 yards a catch, had 14 catches for 284 yards and two touchdowns. So that's a lot of production that was lost uh, from that five man group. And that's from a group that wasn't overly productive before. And what's interesting is it's it, it's you think about a group that lost that kind of production for a team that didn't have over 3,000 yards receiving uh, passing last year from its starting quarterback. And you think about what returns, and there's actually a decent amount of production returning. And that's kind of the next part of it is what is back. And this is an interesting part of it because I I think what was back was not necessarily overly productive last season, uh, but it, it is a group that to me is has a lot of talent and has a chance to be a lot better for two reasons. And one is experience and one is injury. So when you look at what comes back at the receiving core from last year, you've got Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey are the veterans that are back this year. They'll both be seniors. Uh, They were both banged up a lot of last year. Deion Colsey got hurt in the third game of the year. Didn't play the rest of the year. uh, uh, Jordan Thomas or Jaden Thomas, excuse me, got hurt against Ohio state and was never healthy the rest of the regular season. And then you look at what happened in the bowl game. Jaden Thomas is back, and he's healthy, and he you know he had the, all that time to rest. So what does he do? He comes out in the bowl game. He catches four passes for 59 yards and a touchdown. When you look at from the Ohio State game, which was September 23rd, he caught one pass for seven yards, got hurt. From that game to Stanford, so I'm going to include that game. So that's a stretch of eight games. Jaden Thomas caught five passes for 63 yards. In eight games, 
And then he comes back for the bowl game, four catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown, which is like a quintessential Jaden Thomas performance. That's more of who Jaden Thomas is and 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 less of you know what we saw as that guy in the middle. And so to me, when I look at him coming back, getting him back healthy, you're getting a much better player than you had almost all of last season. You get Tommy, you get Deion Colsey back, and you've got him healthy that's getting a completely different player than you had all of last season so it's not just two names that return to the depth chart with x number of yards and in, in production you're getting as long as they can stay healthy and that's going to be a big question mark with these guys is can they stay healthy you're getting a, a a talent and a level of production that exceeds in my opinion what you saw last season from from Jaden thomas and Deion colsey Jaden finished here at 21 catches for 310 yards he had 12 catches through the first four games. He was averaging three yards a catch. He was on pace for about 40 catches, uh, over 40 catches last season uh, before the injury set in. Deion Coles, he had three catches in the first uh, for 45 yards in the first three games. So he, there was obviously a level of production that we could have expected for him if it wasn't for the injuries. Then you have the two sophomores that come back. And, and so when I'm talking about what returns, I'm talking about the guys that played last year. I'm going to talk about K.K. Smith here in a minute. But you've got Jordan Faison and you've got and you've got uh, Jaden Greathouse. Now, Jaden Greathouse led Notre Dame in receiving touchdowns last season with five. He's another guy that but bad, started off very well, had 13, I think 13 catches in the first four or five games. I'm actually going to see six, uh, 10, 12, 12 catches in the first five games. And then went the next five games because of an injury and did not catch a single pass before he finally broke out in the last uh, three games where he caught six passes in the last three games. So another guy that battled injuries last year, but before the injuries looked really good. Uh, had three touchdowns in those first five games as well. So you're, you're talking about a guy in him that's going to be a year older. He's going to have another year of playing college football in the system and all those type of things. And uh, the expectation is he's going to be a lot better this season. Jordan Faison's another kid that's interesting, where I think some of these numbers, when you talk about they're coming back, can be a little misleading. Jordan Faison last season had a very good freshman season, caught 19 passes, had 322 yards and four touchdowns. The interesting thing is all of that production came in the last seven games of the year because he did not play in the first six games of the season. And, and so obviously his first catch of the year was, I believe, a 36-yard touchdown against Louisville, caught at least one pass in every game after that, finished the year on a very high note, caught a touchdown pass in each of the last three games, had three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown against Stanford, had five catches for 115 yards and a touchdown against Oregon State in the bowl game. So you have two freshmen coming back that put up a lot of numbers. You have Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey. So when you talk about what was lost, I said 70 catches, 1,201 yards, seven touchdowns. But what returns, and this is just receiver, is 61 catches for 942 yards and 12 touchdowns. So obviously that's decent production as well. But here is where things get interesting. So if you just look at what comes back, Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, Jordan Faison, and Jaden and Jaden Greathouse. For me, if it was just those four plus, you know, whatever depth was behind it, I'd say this has a chance to be a good receiving core. Not a great one, but a good one. I'd have some questions about speed on the outside I'd, I'd have some questions about injury history because three of those four guys have missed games uh, both all actually just missed games last year because of injury 
that would be a concern, but there's talent there. Jaden Greathouse has a chance to be a really, really good football player. And in my opinion, if he, depending on the offseason he has, it would not shock me if Jaden Greathouse is the, is the leading receiver, uh, leading receiver next season from a catches standpoint. I'm not saying I expect him to do that. I'm saying he could certainly be that kind of player. Uh, Jaden has that kind of talent, in my opinion. You've got Jordan Faison coming back. You've got Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey. So there's talent there coming back. But what really gets you excited is, is for me, I should, I'll speak for myself. What gets me excited is not so much just that group by itself. It's not so much the newcomers by itself. It's the, that group together. And so obviously on top of Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison, Deion Colsey also coming back, Notre Dame is adding six newcomers to the depth chart, plus a guy that I kind of count as a newcomer. In KK Smith. And the reason I count KK Smith as a newcomer is because I know he was on the team last year, but he missed summer workouts. He got, he got his shoulder surgery pretty early on. This was an injury that he suffered in high school. He missed all season. I don't believe he came back really till bowl prep. So he had about as many, he has about as many practices going in under his belt going into the spring as CJ Carr has going into the spring. So KK was not really a guy that you look at and you're like, well, he didn't play last year, but he was on scout team all year. He was with the team. He was with the team, but he didn't play until the end. So you add KK Smith into that. So you're going to have three transfers, a redshirt freshman who missed almost all of last year that has loads of ability, and then three new freshmen coming into the into the depth chart this offseason. So to me, it's that combination of the two that starts getting me a little bit fired up about what this team can be and what this receiving core, I should say, can be. Because when I talked about what was lost, 70 catches, 1,201 yards, seven touchdowns. What returns, 61 catches, so nine fewer catches, 942 yards, that's about 243 fewer yards, and 12 touchdowns, so five more touchdowns. Look at what they're adding. This is 2023 numbers only. The three transfer receivers, Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins, and, and Jaden Harrison, so that's from Florida National, Chris Mitchell, Clemson, Bo Collins, Marshall, Jaden Harrison, you're adding 130 catches, 2,038 yards, and 10 touchdowns from last season. So when you look at the two combined and you look at Notre Dame's returning per 2023 pr production, so this is – the number of, of FBS-level catches, yards, and touchdowns that this unit combined for in 2023 alone, it was 191 catches, 2,980 yards, and 22 touchdowns is what they returned from the receiving core, just the receiving core alone. Now, keep in mind, Notre Dame's entire offense last year only average, only had 3,205 yards passing. That doesn't include the tight end room. And when you look at what's coming back in the tight end room, because that, when you start looking at that, and you start looking at the fact that I, I think all four of the returning running backs caught touchdown passes last year. I'm looking, yes, I'm correct on that. Jabron Payne caught two, Janarian Price caught one, Jeremiah Love caught one, and Devin Ford caught one. They all last year had had touchdowns. And then all three of the returning tight ends that were healthy this past season 
or actually, excuse me, four of the five returning tight ends who were who were on the roster. You take Kevin Bauman out because he was hurt all year, but you've got Davis Sherwood had a touchdown reception. Cooper Flanagan had a touchdown reception. Eli Raritan had a touchdown reception, and Mitchell Evans had a touchdown reception. Plus, you look at the production that's coming back from that group from this past season, and all of a sudden you've got 37 more catches being added to your roster just from the tight end position alone. And then when you look at it from a, a yard standpoint, you've got 500 to 10 yards of receiving coming back just from the tight end position. So you add all that production coming back at receiver and and tight end and running back, you've got way more yards, way more touchdowns, way more everything coming back than what you had as an entire team last year. And so, you know, to me, I look at it and, and you start saying, hey, man, there's there's a lot of talent coming back in this room, but it's also um, it's also a lot of production, okay? And so to me, you start to understand why you um, start getting excited about this receiver room next season, or at least why I'm starting to get re- really excited about the receiver room next year. And, and uh, you look at the career numbers as well. 500, 362 career receiving yards, 5,309 total yards, and 42 touchdowns. And that's what's coming back uh, from the at the receiving core. So you've got a completely new look, new group receiving core coming back next season. And that's something that kind of gets me a little bit fired up about this group. But it's not just the like, okay, there's talent and there's production coming back. I don't, I don't think anybody doubts that. I don't think anybody kind of looks at that and says, hey, you know, I, I don't. There's not a lot coming back that's proven anything at the power at the group at the uh, excuse me the the FBS level. There's there's really not a lot of talent coming. I think we can all agree that there's some level of production and there's some level of talent coming back, right? And and so to me, I I think that's I think that's something to be fired up about. But it, it's more than that. You're also adding specific skills. So let's look at the new look wide receiving core and and how it compares to what Notre Dame had. Number one. You've got more outside talent. You've got Colsey coming back healthy. You've got Bo Collins coming back in the summer. You've got Chris Mitchell coming in the spring, or he's actually in the winter. He is an outside guy. I didn't even talk about the freshman class yet of Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, and Logan Saldate. Cam and, and Micah are early enrollees. Micah's a bound, probably a boundary guy to start off with that can also play all over. Cam's probably going to start off as a field outside guy. So when you look at, at – at Bo Collins, Chris Mitchell, Cam Williams, and Micah Gilbert, you're getting four outside receivers. Who's now? What I mean by this is, can can they play other positions? Of course. I'm talking about guys that that are pure outside first receivers. That's what you're talking about adding. I think Chris Mitchell can play inside at times. I think Micah Gilbert can, Cam can, but I'm talking about they are first and foremost outside receivers. Okay, so that's that's a that's obviously something that fires me up. You've talked about Deion Colsey coming back from being injured last year. And so that's another one. And so you talk about a lot of outside talent that's going to be on the roster this year that they did not have on the roster for most of last year to go with. Jane Thomas can play out there and Jane Greathouse can play out there. You have more size on the roster now. And so you lose six foot four Tobias Merriweather. The rest of your group that you lost was five was six foot Rico Flores, six foot Matt Salerno, and five nine Chris Tyree. 
And now you're replacing them with 6'3", Bo Collins, 6'1", Chris Mitchell, 6'2", Cam Williams, and 6'2", Micah Gilbert. Plus you get 6'4", almost 6'5", Deion Colsey coming back. So you have a lot more size at the receiving core. I think you're going to now be even better in the slot than you were last year from a pure receiver standpoint. Last year you had Chris Tyree playing there, and you had Jaden Greathouse playing there. Chris was a dynamic athlete, but he wasn't a natural receiver. Jordan Faison's a more natural receiver. Jaden Greathouse now goes into year two. You have He's obviously going to play in that position. K.K. Smith is a natural player. He can play Z and play the X position. Or excuse me, he can play the Z position. They used to call it X. Now it's the Z. He can also play the slot. And you're going to have – so he can play that. You're going to have Jaden Harrison that can play the slot. So you're deeper and more dynamic in the slot, top to bottom, than you were a year ago. And then you look at, uh, you know, Jaden Thomas can play that position as well. You've added speed to the roster, right? Outside speed. You you had inside speed last year. Jordan Faison has, has, has really good speed, in my opinion. Chris Tyree obviously is a dynamic guy. Tobias Merriweather was really the only outside guy last year that could stretch the field. Now Chris Mitchell can stretch the field. Uh, Cam Williams can stretch the field. Deion Colsey can stretch the field with size and speed. I think Bo Collins can stretch the field with his speed and size as well, just in different ways. You now have more downfield weapons. And then, of course, I think the playmaking is even better now when you add Chris Mitchell. So I think overall, this receiving core has a chance to really be an outstanding group next year. And, and it's a group that has me really excited about what they can be. And so I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about what this group can be. There are some questions, however. Some can are could be positive. Some are they have to answer them if the group is going to reach its potential. Number one, how will this group be impacted by Riley Leonard? And there's a lot of different ways where you look and say this is going to be a positive and, and say, hey, this group has – you've got a dynamic athlete at quarterback that can do a lot of different things. And how is that group going to be impacted by this dynamic quarterback? Could it result in more big plays? We'll have to see. And I think it can be. How are they going to be as blockers? How are they going to handle a quarterback that's going to be on the move more? There's a lot of things that kind of come come from this, right, that, that, that come out of this to say, hey, look, there's going to be some things that this group could benefit from. And then there's going to be some areas where it's going to be a little bit more, pro- you know, not, not problematic. They're going to have to adapt. If they adapt well, it's going to be great. If they don't, it could be a problem. And so if if they adapt well, what does that mean? It means you're going to see a lot more of plays like we saw against NC State where Sam Hartman's running around, they lose Chris Tyree, he gets open on the sideline, you hit him over the top. I think of the play a couple of years ago with Tyler Buckner and, and Chris Tyree where he's kind of um, running around and you're kind of running left, defense comes up, he just pops over their head. I think we're going to see more of that stuff this year. With the receiving core, scrambling around, guys coming across, getting open, you're going to see more of that. Another question is going to be who plays where, and and that's still to be determined. Where I see it right now is I I think Chris Mitchell, Cam Williams, Jaden Thomas, and Jaden Greathouse are all guys that could play that field outside position early on. I think Jaden Thomas will also play in the boundary. I think Jaden Greathouse will also be in the slot. You have Thomas. Colsey and Micah Gilbert in the in the boundary for the spring, and then Bo Collins will eventually be added. Bo's also a guy that can play all over the place. And then in the slot, you'll have Faison, Greathouse, 
KK Smith and Jaden Harrison playing in the slot, most likely. Although I could see KK moving outside as well because I like him quite a bit. And and so there's a lot of different things about it that I that I like about this group. Now the question is is how do they where are they going to play? Who steps up? Right, that's still a big question. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about who's gonna step up and play to their best this season, and and, and we're gonna find out who can become the playmakers because like I think Chris Mitchell has a ton of playmaking ability, but does he have that same playmaking ability at Notre Dame that he had at Florida International? We'll find out. Does Bo, can Bo Collins just translate what he did at Clemson and Notre Dame, or is there another level for him to go to? Can Jane Thomas stay healthy? Can Deion Colsey stay healthy? Can Jaden Greathouse stay healthy? Can Jaden and Jordan Faison take another step as players? Can Case K Smith come in and play? Will Micah Gilbert and Cam Williams be good enough to help out as freshmen? So there's still a lot of question marks about this group, too, that you can be excited about the talent, and I am. You can be excited about the depth, and I am. And you can be excited about the playmaking potential, and I am, but still acknowledge there's still a lot to prove from this group. They've got to get on the same page of the quarterback. And and how will these guys be as RPO players? I think that's also a question as well that you have to, to look back. And then the final piece is, and this has been an, a big a big issue for Notre Dame in recent years, is can they stay healthy? This group has had a really hard time staying healthy in recent seasons. And there's a lot of players coming back who've missed games with injuries including some of the newcomers. Bo Collins has missed the last two games of last year with an injury. And so I think that's the final piece for me about um, where this receiver room is going to be. And But I think the potential's there. So the final question that I always ask when in these positions is, is this position group going to be a strength or a concern? And I'm going to actually go out on a limb on this one and say strength. And I've been kind of saying both the last couple because there's so many question marks, but I'm kind of tired of using that as sort of the cop-out in this segment. So I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here. I think it's a strength. I think it's a strength because there's a lot of talent. I think it's a strength because there's more there's more potential. There's more playmaking ability. There's more proven depth. There's more proven production than we've seen in the past. And so I think this group is going to be a strength. Yes, there are some questions that have to be answered. There's no question. There, there's some pieces that they got to figure out how they're going to play together. That's obviously going to be there. But the potential's there for this group to be really, really good. And that's what I'm going to focus on. So that's going to do it for the receiver section, folks. And that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. If you've not done so, I would greatly appreciate giving us a five-star review. That would be awesome. If you've not done so, Join us on the message boards at boards at irishbreakdown.com.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.